Before this episode of The Reckless Roller starts, I'd like to take a minute to shed a light on Black Lives Matter and the protests going on worldwide right now. Um, I'd like to ask everyone to please go to blacklivesmatter.card.co. That's card with two R's. Um, over there, there are a lot of resources, um, tips for protesters, uh, places that you can text or call to um, give your thoughts to government officials on this, uh, places to donate, petitions to sign. And I ask that um, anyone who is capable of donating or doing any of that does that. Uh, this is a very, very important fight that needs as much support as it possibly can. Uh, I don't want to take any more of your time before the episode starts, so I hope you all enjoy the episode. Uh, and thank you for listening. The Reckless Rollers is part of the Pokecasters Network. Hey guys, and welcome to a uh, little side episode of the Reckless Roll Podcast. Today we're going to be playing uh, Monster of the Week, and it's going to be uh, a little mini campaign that I call the Mount Silver Sentinels. The players are all uh, fairly new rangers. The Mount Silver Sentinels help uh, deal with some of the uh, quote-unquote untamable wildlife. And they also try and help make sure that, you know, poachers don't come around and uh, shoot tauroses and stuff like that for their horns. <laughs> Poor Cooperajos. <laughs> Uh, we'll be using the Monster of the Week system, which is a uh, powered by the Apocalypse Space system using 2d6 plus whatever stats are associated with them. Uh, I am Scott, and I am the keeper for this particular game. And uh, we'll go down the line as it is in the uh, VC for introduction. Uh, so... I'm Ginny, I'm from the Netherlands, so that's a thing. Uh, and I'm playing Esther Zand, who is a searcher and has a, a, vibrava, a vibrava? How do you even pronounce that? Vibrava sounds right. Yeah, vibrava called Libel. All right, and uh, JCP, you're next up. All right. Um... I'm, I am JCP. I am a person. <laughs> um, 
I, I play Atlas, and his partner Pokemon is a Sneasel. And which playbook are you using? Uh, the Spooky. Oh. Awesome. Next up is John. Johnny. Mr. Hello. Silver. <laughs> I am, uh, of course, the world-famous Johnny Silver in certain circles, uh, mainly my own. Um, I am playing uh, Gideon Fig, who is uh, the wronged playbook, and his partner Pokemon is a Hone Edge that is kind of been a variant created by our uh, amazing keeper, uh, Scott, of course, uh, where instead of a sword, he's an axe. Love it. All right, and last but not least, our boy Mars. Well, not necessarily boy, our bot. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mars Rover, and I play as the chosen character, Manic Mike, and oh. his Pokemon is a Torah cat named Terry. <laughs> That's Terry. such a good That's name. That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> All right, so to start things off, we're going to open up with a overhead view of Mount Silver and all of the areas around it. It's roughly noon, the sun's peaking over the mountaintop. And we're gonna have the camera just sweep from the mountaintop across uh, downwards towards the frozen wastelands where it's going to stop at a tree. From that tree, we see a little bit of movement as a snowy white Rowlet takes off from the branch and dives down to attack a uh, nearby Bunnelby. And then we're going to cut away from that. Go through the, the plains area where we're going to see a herd of Tauros running in in the direction of what appears to be a bunch of ruined buildings. Then we're going to sweep a little to the uh, a little to the right and we're going to focus on one building with a helicopter flying over it. That'll be the sound effect for the helicopter. So, inside the helicopter is a medium uh, sized criminal holding on to a Vibrava just sitting in the passenger seat ignoring the uh, the pilot of the helicopter as he makes his descent to the uh, Rangers headquarters and uh You said the name was Esther, correct? Esther, yeah. Yeah. Esther, you can hear the pilot talking, 
but you don't really uh, pay attention to the words. He's basically just saying, oh, so it's your first day, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm probably uh, staring out over the park as well. Well, uh, don't let uh, don't let the commander give you any shit. He's uh, yeah. he's got some sharp claws. Yeah. Then he notices that you're just kind of spacing out, or at least he thinks you're spacing out, and he just shuts up and makes his descent to a little helipad right next to the ranger station. And as you, uh, as you're getting out of the helicopter, you see a small Meowth wearing what appears to be a beret fit for him. A what? A beret, like. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> and military fatigues. <laughs> <laughs> And you hear coming from the Meowth, not what you would expect. You hear, well, it's about time. Let's go in. I'll jump out of the helicopter, uh, give my uh, give uh, LaBelle a little scratch under its chin, uh, under her chin, and just walk after the Meowth, nodding, kind of like, yeah, I'm vibing with this. I'm good. All right. Well, the rest of the crew is waiting inside. Don't worry. It's not your. You're not the only one who's on their first day. And uh, he leads you into a little staging area inside the ranger station, where you see. The first thing you see is. <laughs> the first thing you see is uh, a man. And a Torah cat. <laughs> and, uh, Mars, I'm going to have you describe yourself and what you're doing with this Torah cat. All right. <laughs> He's a very rugged looking man. Um, kind of filthy looking, hasn't washed in a while. And he's just like, Coddling this Tora cat very intensely. Oh, I wanted to ask if I should uh, describe Esther. Oh yeah, yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> so, what you uh, what you see is a woman in her uh, mid to late twenties entering. She looks fairly athletic, but uh, she has a buzz. She has uh, the, uh, tan skin, buzz cut. Slight, uh, slightly weathered. Looks like she's been out and about a lot. And also not like someone who is at all that concerned about fashion. It's all about function. She has a big pack on her, uh, on her shoulders. Um, and uh, she has a vibrava following her. All right. Uh, so just a little further from uh, Mike, you see what appears to be a small child just sitting off to the side with a snoodle. And uh, JCP, I'm going to have you describe your character, Atlas. Well, uh, Atlas is, as you said, he, he's a kid. Uh, he's got, like, 
this traditional garb thing going on, like what he's wearing. Uh, and uh, he's just kind of s- sitting next to this Sneasel, and it, it looks like they're like actually having an exchange. So it's kind of like uh, Atlas and Sneasel are just like, they look like they're doing a very slow headbutt or something, just their foreheads are touching, or are they just staring at each other? Uh yeah, like like they they're the 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 head thing is accurate. Yeah, they're just all right. And uh, finally, you see standing over by the podium that the meowth is walking towards. I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have Johnny describe his character. Uh, Gideon is a very large, kind of like very tall, massive man. Uh, muscular seems like he's uh, spent most of his life out in the wilderness. Um, he has on uh, kind of a basic red plaid flannel shirt on, with a kind of a greenish, almost foresty vest utility vest over it, which has pockets that looks like it's filled with like you know kind of necessary necessary things like little tools, uh, rations, that kind of stuff. Um, very like these like um, lumberjack like hefty denim jeans that look like they could that look like they're almost bulletproof <laughs> um but they they show they've shown some weather over the years and these big heavy boots um tucked into uh his belt is a little holster where he keeps a, a big like hunting knife um atop of his head though the the thing that seems probably the most off is this very like kind of a soft pink and like lilac baseball cap doesn't look like it'd be something that he would wear, but it's very weathered. It's very old. It looks like it's something that he's had for a very long time. Um, as he's uh, leaning near the podium, he's kind of like just uh, scratching his uh, very dark and bushy black beard um, before he picks up a, a like a like a rag that is kind of seeped in oil. And in front of him is his honage, which is in the shape of a giant axe. And he's very gently um, kind of like smoothing and... Uh, sharpening the, the the blade of it and you can see the hone edge is kind of like closing its eye a little bit it's just really enjoying it it's enjoying this moment of uh, being cleaned off after a long day perfect and uh we we all see the meows heading to the uh the podium taking a couple steps it jumps up kind of scrambles to the top of the podium, and it's just standing there. And uh, you hear him say, All right, you mooks. So, I know this is your first day. We're going to give you an easy assignment. Gideon here is going to be helping you guys track a pack of Mightyena that have been uh, hunting in an area that it's normally not found in. You're going to be heading towards the base of the mountain. These Mightyenas are more commonly found in the plains, but it's been getting closer and closer to the actual Mount Silver. And we need you to uh, find out exactly why they've moved their hunting grounds and while you're at it keep in mind not to mess with daisy she's not your mission 
Just, uh, she's... She's not gonna be a threat. Any questions? Who's Daisy? You'll find out. I'm sure you will. Anyone else? Hmm. I think Mike is just silently like doing a little pyramid fingers thing where he twiddles them around. All right, and uh, Mike, since you are the chosen, we're gonna we're gonna have your little we're gonna have your little vision happen like oh, right now. Oh my! All right. <laughs> While you're fiddling with your fingers, you're moving them back and forth, and your mind just escapes. Already going places. What what you wind up seeing, instead of this meowth on the podium, you see a clutch of green and brown eggs. <laughs> Just laying in a nest. And you hear thud, 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 thud. And then you hear, let's see if I can get that fully going. Oh, what's coming? Dun 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 dun. While the thudding is going on, you hear a jingling. I'm really feeling it. And then you go, uh, then your vision changes back to the meows on the podium, just asking, all right, any more questions? No? All right. I've, uh, I've already wasted eight of my nine lives waiting for people. I'm not going to wait anymore. Go on ahead. Get out of here. What, uh, off to the side of the podium, there, there's a little... Like, there's some catnip underneath a, a box that's being held up by a stick. <laughs> I want to see how the Meowth reacts. Alright, uh, I believe that would probably be a roll. <laughs> uh... I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you roll to manipulate someone. <laughs> so you're gonna roll 2d6 plus your charm okay oh my charm is not great <laughs> all the better that's a 7 on a 7 to 9 they'll do it but only if you do something for them right now <laughs> to, to show that you mean it so I am dedicated to my cause <laughs> The the meowth hops off of the podium and walks over to the uh, walks over to the little box trap that you have set up. Stares at the catnip. I already know what you're trying to do, Mike. You've been mumbling <laughs> under your breath. I want that cat. <laughs> if 
if you really want me to hang out with you, all you gotta do is ask. And he kicks the box, <laughs> takes the catnip, and walks off. <laughs> and you don't see the meows. He's just walked off, and he's just smelling that catnip now. Is he feeling the effects? You can't tell. He's not in the room anymore. Aww. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a couple cutbacks to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so now that you guys have gotten your briefing, uh, Gideon has been assigned to be the quote-unquote leader for this expedition since he's probably got more experience hunting the monsters. The pocket and, monsters. Yes, the pocket monsters. So what you know is that the Mighty Anna that you guys are going to be tracking are uh, they're native to the plains area, but they've started to move closer and closer to the actual uh, base of the mountain. It's a little bit of a distance. You'll have to navigate through the plains unless you wanted to use a vehicle of some sort, but uh, it shouldn't take you too long to actually get there provided you follow the path. There's a few different areas. Do we have a map? We'll say in your gear, uh, well, you might not, Esther, because you literally just showed up, but uh, Gideon definitely does. Mike might. And Atlas has been in the area before. So, uh, from here, uh, what do you guys choose to do? I, I do believe that uh, Gideon would probably have a, kind of like an all-terrain like jeep to get through the, the area as quickly and as you know safely as possible. So I assume he would have one parked outside and uh, would, of course, be the one, since he's a technically team leader, um, he would lead them out to it and like kind of like uh, go to the directions that were given to him. Okay, so you head over to your uh, all-terrain vehicle that's in the parking lot near the helipad because it's not a big base. It's really just like a large hut-looking thing with a parking lot on the side. And the helipad is in the middle of the parking lot because who architects anymore? <laughs> uh, Mike will follow reluctantly while also carrying Terry the Tory cat in both his arms. All right. Uh, Esther will look between the people and the, and the car and the car, which probably looks like you know ill fit. But barely, and she'll and she'll just look at at uh, Labelle and go like, "I've got my own transport, if you don't mind." All right, so you're equipping the harness onto Labelle. Yep. Okay. And Atlas, are you following, or are you gonna try and make your own way? Um, I'll, I'll follow. 
and um, Atlas looks at the cards. Is is that a Pokemon? Oh, the car. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is this is my Jeep. This is this is I call this Lucille. Oh. The cool. regional Metagross. <laughs> no, uh so <laughs> uh heading down the the one road that exists between the Ranger base and the uh and the base of the mountain, you see a few things off to the side if you're actually looking around uh you do see some mightyena still trying to uh hunt in the area they're chasing after some deerling and some stantler but there's not nearly as many it's three or four when there used to be a pack of eight hunting in a group and uh None of them look like they have a actual leap. And I'm gonna have uh Esther, are you you've moved ahead, didn't you? A bit. I'm keeping like depending on how obvious the road is where uh where we're going, I'm definitely keeping inside of the car. But I uh have gone up and I'm trying to really figure out what's going on, what's the lay of the land, uh where are different Pokemon, is there a weird way they're moving around, stuff like that. All right, so you're uh, you're kind of scouting ahead. I'm gonna have to get a mystery. So that's two d six plus your sharp. All right, I can do this. I think yeah, my sharp is cool. Ooh, nice. That's an eleven plus two. That's thirteen. Good 13? start. Yeah, that is definitely a good start. So you can uh, you on a ten plus hold two, uh, from the uh, the questions on the Hunter agenda sheet, which uh, which are what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? All right. Um... On a 12 plus, you can ask the keeper any question you want about the mystery, not just any of the listed ones. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so... Um, what I'd like to know is what caused the Mightyena to divert from their normal pattern. So, uh, what you do notice is footprints. Very, very large footprints. And, uh, they appear to be something draconic in nature. Cool. And off in the I... distance, you see three trees falling off to the side. So With a loud crash. That's great. So one of the things I can do as a seeker, as a searcher, is um, I can uh, uh, the things I've seen. When you encounter a creature or phenomenon, you may declare that you have seen it before. The keeper may ask you some questions about that encounter, and will then tell you one useful fact you learned and one danger you need to watch out for. Is that applicable here, or is that more about when we actually encounter it? Uh, that could be applicable here if you want to actually use it. 
Sure. All right. So I've seen you, something like this before. You have been around. I believe you did do a stint in Alola during your uh, yeah, I did. travels. So you do recognize the footprints of a coma o. Oh. <laughs> and uh, you notice that it's heading deeper into the plains. But what you're looking for are the Mightyena. All right. Uh, and then I have one more question. Um, yeah, you have one more question. And I'd say that's, uh, where did it go? Because we're looking for the Mightyena. Uh, you do, uh, you, you notice that some of the Mightyena are, uh, you notice that some of the Mightyena, the, the ones that you see remaining, still sticking to the general area of the base of the mountain. Like ahead of you, you can see the base, uh, the base of the mountain. You've been, uh, you've been following the road for a, a little while. And uh, you do notice that some of the, uh, the Mightyena's usual prey is in the plains, but they've started to move closer to the mountain. Okay, so it's not just the Mightyena that's been moving closer to the mountain. And then while you're noticing all of this, you do also notice one other thing. The road ahead is blocked off by a group of Quagsire that are just, they're just chilling there. They don't really feel like they're going to move. They're just sitting there, staring off into space, <laughs> soaking up the sun. All right. And I'm going to so, have you roll to act under pressure to determine right. whether you stop fast enough. So that's 2d6 plus cool. Stop, stop fast enough for what? Before you crash into them. Well, I'm flying, so... The harness doesn't let her move too high off the ground, but we'll say that uh, they were there while you were looking around investigating the uh, the footprints and trying to determine the the uh, oh yeah okay cool movements of the pack. So you were a little distracted by that. That's two sixes. Oh damn! You've heard me throw low rolls as well. You know I don't lie about this. Yeah, you you seem to have Apparently. some dice on you today. Just like an aerial so. ace through the crevice of the quagsires. <laughs> yeah, we make like a <laughs> nice little loop to loop as well to rhyme them. <laughs> so you That's managed another to, thirteen uh, because I also have plus one. <laughs> You, you uh, managed to, just in time, motion for LaBelle to move upwards a bit. <laughs> but she's, uh, she's able to pull you up pretty easily, and you don't run into any of the Quagsire. They just continue laying there. And uh, 
I'm going to have Gideon also roll. Uh, I'm going to have you roll to read a bad situation, however. Oh. So, Gideon, go on ahead and roll 2d6 plus sharp. No. So, altogether, that's a three. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> the dice have betrayed me today. I, I could give you some of my points <laughs> if I would help. So, I've got like six left over for my two previous rolls. <laughs> so, Gideon, you're, uh, you're focusing a little more on the tree that you do notice just fall suddenly off in the distance. And you <laughs> you drive right into this wall of quagsires. They oh, don't no. get hurt. They don't <laughs> get hurt. They resist steel. <laughs> <laughs> but your car is quite damaged. <laughs> oh, no. So after yeah. uh, he crashes, like, ah, holy hell. Damn, quagsires. Get off the so, road. So you've uh, you've run into them, and basically, their rubbery and wet bodies manage to cause your jeep to turn, and it's now stuck in a ditch. And you can either no, <laughs> you can either uh, stay there to try and repair your jeep and. Uh, and get it out of the ditch, or you can try and continue down the path on foot. There's not, there's not too much distance to follow, but by the time you get there, it could be getting a little closer to nightfall. And if you wait, it'll definitely be nightfall by the time you uh, get there. I'm definitely going to fly over and, and go like, are you guys all right? No. Yeah. I I was thrown off into the dirt, but I somehow don't I, I got to a limit where I can't look any dirtier than I already was. Oh god, so you basically look like pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> With a cat that's always gonna be trying to clean you, but you're never gonna be clean. I'll never truly be clean. I hope those quags are okay. Yeah. They're still just spacing out. They they might have <laughs> taken like three damage from that. Oh my gosh. Damn. That that's like these are, these are all high leveled Pokemon. It's Mount Silver. That's fair. That's, that's very like fair. slow pokes to a whole new level. Yep. <laughs> just vibing. Alright, so uh what do you do? Uh, Gideon's gonna climb out of his Jeep and kind of inspect the damage. Uh kick the tires in frustration and uh, kind of give the quagsires a dirty look that are not paying attention to him at all. Um, <laughs> after checking on the others, he's going to um, say, <clears throat> ah, we, sh we should just hot foot it from here. By the time we get this, 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 this thing fixed, I can call it in while we're on the way out there. Um, they can come and fix it so that we can, get, we can get a ride out of there when we're done. So is everyone okay? I'm fine. That was really scary. <laughs> uh, trust me, it gets a lot scary out here. Uh, well, come on, pick yourselves up. Let's uh, 
grab what supplies we can from the from the back and uh we'll head out there. I could rig some stuff into the into the harness. I can walk. Comfortable that? doing that. Do we need to drag some stuff along for you guys? And then motion towards Libel. Oh, you're offering to let your Vibrava essentially hold any excess gear, correct? Yeah, we'll just rig, rig it into the harness that I usually travel in, and I'll walk. I'm fine walking. Okay. So she's offered her Pokemon to be a pack mule. Does anyone accept? <laughs> do, do I let Terry ride him? <laughs> if you want. I, I want Terry to ride him. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Alright, so now you have the giant fire cat on a giant dragonfly. <laughs> He's just all like scrunched up. It's too good to pass off. <laughs> and Terry is having the time of his life. <laughs> LaBelle is just buzzing and, and like make it make it like um making it look like they're on a roller coaster basically. Yeah, in in that case, Terry's probably terrified and his claws are digging into LaBelle, but... Terrified. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so you guys, you guys are Sorry. heading over on foot, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Alright, uh... So... If you guys had anything you wanted to talk about while heading down that way, you're free to. I'll probably just have you roll occasional like investigative mysteries or read a bad situation. Mm. I'll probably stick to the back. Uh, no, actually, I'll stick to the uh, to the front, just looking around. Alright, so you're going to continue to scout ahead? Yeah. Alright. But I'm also, like, I hesitate for a little bit, and then I look at the rest of them, like, so, you guys know the terrain here, right? Hmm. Sort of. I, I, I haven't really been here that long. Yeah, I've been out here for a bit, so I, I know my way around. We should probably scout ahead, but is there anything I need to be very aware of? Uh, if you're going to be on that uh, Vibrava, I would uh, watch out for a flock of Spiros that have been kind of hunting around the area. That's fair. We can deal with some Spiros, and I'll pet Vibrava. Gideon's right. going to kind of give her a reluctant uh, smile and a little thumbs up before he continues on. Um, and, and as he's walking, uh, his Honage is uh, kind of like floating against his back so it looks like it's kind of strapped to his back like a like a weapon um oh. but he's just kind of floating there his other eye watching his eyes the, the eyes watching uh the group as well as uh over his shoulder oh so you definitely have an eye on the back of your head now yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh do you have any sort of like connection with the sewn edge are you able to communicate with it in this uh contact Assumption is that since he's had Honage for a while, 
they kind of talk while um like he can he can speak to it and he kind of you can kind of interpret what its feelings are through um maybe kind of like a vibrating song through the metal that it gives off okay um, it probably gives like little signals that you guys have uh gone over kind of, for that we've honed dangers. over the years for any dangers like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice that'll really give him an edge <laughs> all right i mean he's an edgy character makes sense oh, all right God. so uh i'm just gonna name him bono now <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are heading down this path uh it's taking a little bit of time but you don't really notice too much going on. You notice there's a lake in the distance, and you guys see a, a couple things that you didn't really expect in an area like this. You see a large Lapras just floating on the lake, uh, the lakeside, singing its song. You see a couple Polyrath just dancing to the music for some reason. <laughs> I wanna dance too. Are you dancing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, in that case, uh I'm gonna have you roll to act under pressure. <laughs> roll plus cool. <laughs> This will determine how cool the dance is. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. That's the two net ones. Oh, <laughs> Feels very uncomfortable. So you got two net ones, and what's your cool? Plus two. So you got a four. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so as you're as you're clomping your feet back and forth, attempting to do a rain dance, <laughs> you manage to notice that the Lapras has stopped singing. And you, uh, you don't really notice, but I'm gonna have someone else roll to uh read a bad situation i'm gonna have atlas roll this because maybe oh. uh maybe you're able to somehow connect to what's coming ahead uh what so i roll 2d6 and uh i add sharp i think yeah whatever your sharp score is okay cool oh shit um hold on uh so that's uh thirteen. Jesus. Okay, so you definitely uh you notice but Mike doesn't. Some of those mighty Anna that were hunting have been following you for a little bit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And one of them had one of them is just massive compared to the others, and it has a gigantic scar on its forehead. 
Oh. And all of you, except for Mike, can hear. <sighs> Mike's too busy hearing the stomping of his feet and the music in his head. Now, what do you do? Gideon is going to try to get Mike's attention because he knows that sound and knows that it's a bad sign. So he's going to kind of like uh, very subtly, not not too quickly move closer to him and uh, use kind of like signal for Honage to tap him on the shoulder with its tassel to kind of make him look around and pay attention. All right. So you signal to your Honage X to... Uh to try and get Mike's attention. And what Honedge winds up doing is wrapping his or its uh, tassel around Mike's arm. And you're, you're more used to it, but this actually does something to, to Mike that you haven't seen happen in a while. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Mike, you stop dancing. <laughs> And you see red. What? You're now holding on to this Honedge axe. And all you're thinking about is how much you want to hurt whatever's coming to you. <laughs> and you see these Mightyena. Now... Because you're kind of in a in a rage state, I'm gonna have you roll to kick some ass. Oh boy. So you're gonna roll two d six plus tough, and because you're using hone edge, you're gonna do that with a plus one. Okay. So with my minus one, that'd just be an even. Yeah. I got. Four. <laughs> oh my god, so you get your ass kicked. <laughs> my so, bloodlust was very quickly put out. So you're <laughs> unfamiliar with how to use an axe, so you just charge straight ahead with this hone edge over your head, and you're screaming. <laughs> and the three Mightyena jump out of the way, and then they're circling in front of you. And one of them nips at your leg. And you take oh. one harm. You take one harm from that. That hurt. And now, uh, Gideon, you don't have your Pokemon partner with you currently because it's currently in the <laughs> possession of a uh, probably not so enraged Mike now. <laughs> Mike, your Toracat and the Vibrava are. Uh, I don't think they've noticed that you guys have stopped, and they're still going ahead. Atlas, uh -oh. you still have your Sneasel. Uh -oh. What do you guys do? Ooh. I'll, I will shout out to them. Terry, don't leave me! <laughs> <laughs> uh, seeing uh, this new recruit surrounded, uh, Gideon is uh, going to kind of run forward and scream, Bono! And try and pull Honage uh, back to him while pulling his uh, his knife from its sheath to kind of like get the Mighty Yenna attention. All right, so you're... Uh... 
would you say this is more to protect someone or yes. are you trying to get your uh are you trying to out? Uh he's trying to protect um uh Mike cuz he's clearly overwhelmed as the the bloodlust left his eyes. So he's going to try and uh, pull the attention on him to keep to keep him protected. All right, so you're going to roll plus tough. It's a five. Jeez. You guys. <laughs> Jenny, you so... sapped all my good dice. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> okay, so you do manage to retrieve your hone edge, but it comes back to you with such a force that you fall onto your back. I actually forgot something. Um, so this is to protect someone. I do have a move called Never Again, where um, to, I can roll to protect someone without rolling, and I get a plus. I get a like a ten. Okay. So I uh, we'll go with that then. On a ten plus, you choose one extra. You do manage to protect Mike, but you can choose one thing. You suffer little harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You inflict harm on the enemy back. Unfortunately, I can't choose suffer little harm, so I'm just going to actually pull all the attention onto me. Which all right, is so... my original focus. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So you manage to uh, you manage to retrieve your hone edge. And you just jump up and drop kick Mike out of the way. <laughs> Mike, you, you receive no <laughs> harm from this, though. Uh, but you wind up landing pretty much in the same spot that Mike was in. And these Mightyena are now circling around you, barking and snapping their jowls. As he lands, he's pretty much going to take like a very classic, very cheesy superhero pose. Uh, <laughs> his, his knife in one hand pointed, like held upside down, his hone edge floating by his other hand as he's kind of crouched down, kind of growling back at the rest of the mighty Yenna, kind of egging them on, trying to trying to assert himself as more more of a dominant figure. Because now their focus is on him, he wants to um, he doesn't want to hurt them unless he really has to, so he's trying to kind of scare them off, maybe appear bigger, appear stronger, just to get them um, away from this area. And as I get knocked away, I do like a bunch of tumbles against the dirt. Uh, so, Atlas, is there anything that you wanted to do? Okay, so, um, the Vibrava the the didn't notice that we, uh, we stopped, right? Uh, that... They called out, right? Well, Mike called out to uh to Terry. Okay, so uh, we we haven't gotten to what happens there yet. I'm just going to like just in case I'm going to uh use uh my telepathy move to uh uh put uh like turn back turn back turn back turn back in the Vibrava's mind. All right. Uh is there anything that it says to roll for that? Uh Read people's thoughts and put words in their mind. Eat the slugs and investigate blah, 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 without needing to actually talk. Uh, you can also manipulate someone without speaking. We still roll moves as normal cut. People will not accept it. Yeah, there's no rules for just normal communication. It looks okay. Like. So you're trying to get in contact with the Vibrava, correct? Yeah. But you're doing it telepathically? Yeah. Just... And there's a lot of. Uh... 
there's a lot of pressure in this situation, right? Yeah. <laughs> in this case, I'm gonna have you roll. I, I'm I'm gonna have you roll, but it's gonna be to manipulate someone. That's gonna be D six plus your charm. Oh no, I don't have good charm. <laughs> oh, um, so that's a three, but then it's minus one, so it's a two. Yikes! So instead of the vibrava, you wind up by. Uh, you wind up telepathically speaking with the gigantic Mayena, and you're calling, turn back, turn back, turn back. And you hear back in your mind, I can't turn back. They've taken oh. everything from us. Do you want to talk, buddy? Do you want to talk? <laughs> and, be and because he rolled so low, he's actually going to turn his focus to you. Oh. And start walking towards you. <laughs> and nobody else notices that you're actually speaking with it telepathically. Uh oh. Uh -oh. So, Gideon, you just noticed the large Mydiana perk its head up, sniff the air, and move over to Atlas very slowly, still kind of growling. And, uh, Esther, you notice the same thing, although you're still a little ahead of the group. What do you do? So, I see this happening, and I just... Shit, idiots! And I uh, <laughs> and I'll call out to to the bell and go. Like, the bell. This needs to end now. Use bug buzz. All right. So you you turn and... to uh, you turn to see Labelle, and you see Labelle stop, and you see a giant rock just fall down. land and in the spot where LaBelle was well LaBelle and Terry is a small portal and then it just closes <laughs> is this is this like what I've seen before why don't why don't you roll to read a bad situation <laughs> What? Oh yeah, because this is obviously where I don't start not rolling great. Uh, but that's sharp though. That's fine. Okay, okay. okay. This is an eight. eight. So it's it's a partial success. Uh, you can ask one of the questions. Uh, what's my best way and what's my best way out? Are there any danger? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? Or what's the best way to protect the victims? What's the best way to protect the victims? And what would the victims be? LaBelle and Zoracats. So the best way to protect the vi victims, uh, you notice that there's a uh, a geodude on the mountain, and it's just chucking rocks. 
and where the rocks land, portals appear. Very briefly. Mike, not noticing this at the moment, just goes over to where the portal was and starts clawing at the dirt. <laughs> I want to run towards a place where there might be a portal appearing. All right. Uh, act under like, pressure. 26 plus cool. Snake eyes. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, that's a three. You guys. <laughs> uh, you do portal. You get to it. You, I get rocks fall. I die. You walk through the portal, <laughs> and you appear. Or well, as soon as you step through the portal, you, you see nothing. Blackness. Oh, oh no. And you, you hear a faint buzzing. The bell. You, you hear a little bit of uh, meowing, and you hear mercenary. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna go back over to Gideon. <laughs> Gideon, you have. Two Mightyena circling you. Although, uh, I think that with you making yourself bigger and kind of growling back at them, you are... I'm going to have you roll... Shoot, there's not really an intimidation roll. I guess that would also be a manipulate someone roll, so 2d6 plus charm. I'll have you know I am extremely charming. As I look exactly like the brawny man. <laughs> it's a six plus five. That's eleven plus. I got one charm. That's a twelve. Oh, wonderful! So, uh, on a ten plus, they'll do it for the reason you gave them. <laughs> so, you mighty Anna just back off, and they move off the road, off to the side because they notice that you're bigger and they hear a little bit of jangling and they're terrified of you right now. <laughs> uh, Gideon's going to kind of, sorry, Gideon's going to uh, kind of give him a hard look and then uh, from his, from one of his many pouches on his vest is going to pull some, uh, some jerky and toss it off into the woods past them so they can run off a bit further. Oh, the third, the third one is just, it's still focusing on Atlas. It, it's like it didn't notice what's going on. But the other two, uh, Mightyena, they've, they've taken to the scent of the jerky and they've run off. Atlas, you're still telepathically communicating with the, uh, with the large Mightyena. I keep blanking out on the names of the Pokemon. <laughs> and uh, it's... You're hearing that stupid jangling thing that just showed up out of nowhere. It killed my children. It took out my prey. It's taken over my territory. It needs to go. But we can't do anything about it. 
uh, we can help if if you don't uh, kill and or eat us. That is. All right. Uh, roll to manipulate someone. Two d six plus charm. Come on, Google dice roller. Work with me here. It's fun. It's just funny hearing like an offer to help count as manipulating somebody. <laughs> well, you can. I guess you can roll to help out. That's plus cool. But that's more to uh, give them plus ones and stuff. So eight minus so uh seven. Seven. On a seven to nine, they'll do it. But only if you do something for them. So you offered to help. And uh, the mighty Anna says, I know. I know one thing that might be able to take it out. You'll have to follow me. Cool. I'm, I'm willing to do that. And the mighty Anna turns towards the other two Mighty Ennas that are munching down on some beef jerky and <laughs> starts walking into the plains, motioning for you to follow Atlas. Alright, uh, I, I, guys, I, I had a heart-to-heart -heart with the Mighty Anna in his mind. Um, uh, he's gonna show me something, and in return, he's not gonna eat us. So, win-win. Uh, you connected with his mind heart? Yeah. I do that. Quite, that's quite a gift you got there. Are are you two going to are you two going to follow? Uh Gideon will will follow but at a, at a safe distance and not spook the the leader Mariana, but just to keep uh um Atlas safe. Well, you guys are following this Mariana. We're going to come back over to Esther. Esther, you have found the location of these two Pokemon that fell through a portal that dropped on them because the Geodude has been throwing portal knocks. <laughs> and you still hear that Ursaring growling. Ursaring. The bell? And it's coming, it's coming from the same direction LaBelle and uh, Terry the Toracat are making their sounds at. Like, they're trying to talk it out of, you know, destroying them. What do you do? I'm running towards them. Alright, are you going to- I'm not going to be okay until I find her. Are you going to try and distract the Ursaring? Anything like that? Uh, actually, can I see them or is it still blind? Is it still like dark? Uh, the further, the or the closer you get to them, the more you can see. Your... All right. So, are they closed? It. What's happening? Uh, you could. We'll say right now you're uh, you're still kind of making your way to them, and you're trying to be wary because you did hear a giant bear growling. So you're kind of 
crouched behind a rock, and you turn your head around the rock. Not literally, because that would probably kill you. But, uh, <laughs> you look, uh, you look around the rock, and you do see the outlines of Terry the Torah Cat and uh, Labelle the Vi uh, Vibrava, and you see a very large bear-shaped uh, outline and two small ones behind it. Fuck. bell fly up! Alright, uh... Roll 2d6 plus cool. You're going to be acting under pressure. Okay, that's better. That's a 10. Alright, on a 10, you manage to call out that command. Uh, Labelle does fly up. Terry is on the ground, however. Wasn't Terry on the... on the bell? Well, I mean, he was, but... But then he wasn't. I mean... Yeah, not after being thrown into a cave. Fair. That's very fair. Terry, get away from him. From him. Alright, uh, we'll continue on with the uh, the ten. So Terry kind of turns and runs in your direction. And uh, Mama Bear hears you and is now focused on you. Oh no. Alright. Survive a bear attack. Nope. You have two you have two living weapons with you right now. If you choose to try and kick some ass, or if you're going to run, you can try and act under pressure. I am going to uh say LaBelle, you sent to uh two D six plus tough. Yeah, that's not my best stats. Ooh, but that's two sixes again. What the fuck? Oh, good. <laughs> that's, that's eleven. So, on a ten plus, you choose one extra effect. You gain the advantage. Take one four. You inflict terrible harm. You suffer less harm, or you force them where you want them. So what we agreed was that uh, Santum would act like sort of like a bolo gun. Yeah, so, so it would, it would incapacitate without hurting, basically. Yeah, so it, it's not going to cause any harm, uh, but it is going to somewhat incapacitate them. It's going to trip them up and uh, make it so they don't chase after you so much. Exactly, and that's what I want. All right, so the Ursa Ring roars out. I'm not going to make a roar sound because I do have my nephew in the next room. Uh, That's what Post is for, right? <laughs> my nephew's always in the next room. I can't make loud sounds. <laughs> no. So the the Ursa Ring roars out. The two teddy ears that just look around the mama bear kind of uh, concerned. But you're able to actually just leave through the uh, through the cave. Uh, from from where you teleported in, you uh, you did feel wind on your back. All right. So we'll see uh, that you manage to uh, backtrack to the entrance slash exit of the cave. And uh, off in the distance, see smoke from uh, from the road. 
and you see that jeep. But it's quite a distance away, and you see six figures, well, seven figures, because the Sneasel exists. <laughs> uh, walking into the forested area. Are you going to head that way? Yeah, I'm going to strap into the harness because if I recall from playing to this game <laughs> like ages ago, that is not an easy mountain to get down. <laughs> so I'm going to strap into the, uh, back into the harness that allows me to fly with Lebelle and hope very much that Torakat isn't like heavy enough <laughs> that it will pose a problem. Hold on to it very tightly and fly down to the rest of them. Torakat's just clawing at your shoulder while you're yeah, making your way down that way. <laughs> just, I'll take that. Just terrified. I'm gonna have you take one harm. <laughs> I was gonna offer to take a harm. <laughs> so you navigate... Uh, you're actually not on the mountain. You're at the base of the mountain where you guys set out to... Uh, heading to. And uh, you head a little further in. Uh, to catch up with the other two, well, other seven, not two. And after about, we'll say like 15 minutes, you uh, you managed to stop like right in front of them. I'd like to try and act real cool. <laughs> All right, uh, act under pressure. <laughs> That's um, seven plus something. Yeah, you you do mark experience for failing rolls. I I keep forgetting about that. Cool. Mark that XP, guys. I failed so right, many. So, so exactly. what did you get for the uh, act under pressure? Um, I got seven plus. Let me find out what my charm was again. Or no, my charm. I cool. cool. Um, eight. So it's an eight. I mean, you don't really do a superhero landing because you're just riding on top of the uh, Vibrava. And I, I guess... try and jump off real smooth, but I stumble at the last moment and I, do, I don't like flat out fall, but just like, oh yeah, I think Terracad picks that moment to just like uh, climb onto my shoulders, shoulder the way cats do and just jump off and it just completely jumbles my cool superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. The cat doing that with the weight of like a human child. Yeah. Cats, man. But yeah, we'll 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 go with what you said. <laughs> we'll go with what you said. It sounds cooler. So uh Terry is now in in the area. So is Esther and LaBelle. Mike, you're reunited with your cat, and I'm sure it feels so good. Terry! I, I rush in and give a hug as we spin around together. I smile. A little bit. Terry is still not familiar with uh, being moved so quickly, so he's starting to panic a little bit. <laughs> I cuddle him tighter. And you take one arm because he's now clawing at your chest. 
<laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> All right, and uh, the mighty Anna just turned to look at you. They just let out a small bark, as if telling you guys to just follow them. Stop! Stop fucking around. Let's go. <laughs> no, that's enough goofs for now. And uh, he leads you further into a forested area. And I'm gonna have well, who's gonna be up front? Like not not necessarily alongside the uh leading the group behind the Mighty Anna. Hmm. Um, Would it be Atlas or probably Atlas because uh, Atlas talked to the Mighty Anna and is probably the most comfortable around the scary man. Uh-huh. Alright, so you're going to be rolling to investigate a miss. 2d6 plus sharp. Sharp. Oh, I have a good sharp. And I'm going to tell you why you're rolling this. As you're heading into the forested area, you notice some fallen trees, some of them with uh, large scales near them. A few of them with very large claw marks. Now, uh, what did you roll to investigate a mystery? Um, I got ten total. Ten total? You can, uh, you hold two, which means you can ask two of the questions listed under investigate a mystery in the hunter agenda worksheet. I guess, uh, what can it do and where where did it go? So, the source of these trees falling, what it can do is it can pick up a tree and make it fall to the ground. It's pretty darn strong because of that. Uh, although, it, if it does keep doing that, as you can tell by the scale, it does wind up damaging itself. And you notice further in, more fallen trees, as if they're forming a path. Hmm. But that's not the path the Mighty Anna are taking you down. They're taking um, you to a clearing. Um, and uh, am I still keeping clearing, up the mental conversation with the uh, lead Mighty Anna? We'll say yeah. Uh, what, what... Uh, go on ahead. So the the, the fallen trees, you're, the wouldn't the thing that is bad be uh, like making a trail of trees? Where are we going? We're going to get help. Oh. Okay, carry on. So you follow these mighty Anna to a clearing. And in that clearing is an equally angry-looking Tyranitar. And it's got a collar on it with a, with a little daisy emblem on the collar. <laughs> There's daisy. 
And uh, since you're still psychically linked to the Mighty Enna, you can kind of hear them. You hear their side of the conversation. You hear them say, we, we need your help. We think that with your help, we can take out the Koma-O. Fucking jangling bastard who's been killing our children. You hear a roar coming from the Tyrannus. We'll say that's the roar sound. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from the mighty NA, you hear, We know. We want to help you too. And I think they can help. And the Tyranitar looks over the very squishy looking beings behind these mighty Enna. <laughs> and shrugs its shoulders and, sit, and just kind of lets out a low grunt. The mighty Enna turn to you and say, She'll help. Cool. Anyway, the Tyranitar starts making her own path. Knocking over some trees very similarly to the fallen trees and scales that uh, Atlas noticed, and I'm not sure if he pointed it out to anyone else. Oh, I did not. Oops. And, uh... <laughs> I think I noticed um, earlier, right? You you notice trees falling. Okay. So uh you noticed uh you noticed earlier the trees falling and you notice that this uh Tyranitar, which you can only assume is Daisy, is knocking over trees and you're not sure if well you, you can probably assume that Daisy's been the one knocking over the trees, but who knows? Okay. So, um, I'm just gonna, like, uh, address the group. Uh, I, I've been listening in on their conversation, kind of. Uh, I, I think what we're up against is a berserk Kamo'o. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw that earlier. Right, and... Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> I hear her beautiful, though. And as you get closer, you can hear the jingling of uh, the clanking scales of the Koma-O. And very briefly, we're going to cut back to the headquarters. Because I did say that we'd probably do a cutback <laughs> to, to the Meowth reacting. Yes. Just for a little bit of uh, comedic <laughs> relief. Uh, Meowth is just sniffing at this catnip. Very cautiously at first. <laughs> and then pounces on it and starts curling up in a ball. And you can hear jangling coming from over there too, but it sounds like key or like metals on this Meowth's military fatigues. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And we're going to go back to you guys now at a, uh, at a clearing, and the jangling is louder and louder, and you can start hearing a thud, 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 thud. No. All around the jingling. No. Can I, is there any place that seems more strategic or useful for us to have some cover while we deal with this? Read a bad situation. 2d6 plus sharp. That's a nine. A nine? So nine. On a nine, you can hold one. So you can ask one of the questions. Let's see. Um, I guess that would be like what's most vulnerable to me. You're, and you're trying to find out like a safe way to get in. Pretty much, or or at least to. Yeah, maybe that's like what's what's the best way in actually. All right. So, uh, the best way in. You notice a small side path. Well, not necessarily a path, just a uh, gap between the trees that leads to a cluster of rocks that you guys can try and maneuver behind. It looks like it's only uh, big enough to hide one human. All right, I'll hold up a hand. Hoping that someone actually understands that. Mm, Mike sees. Yes, I will volunteer. As tribute. Yes. <laughs> so what are you doing? I I will head over towards the hole, and I'll, I'll warn Terry. Be prepared for big trouble. So you and Terry very, very cautiously make your way over to that cluster of rocks that you're hiding behind. I uh, do a little Scooby-Doo oh. tiptoe. I mean, if you're going to do that, you're going to be acting under pressure. I'm always under pressure. <laughs> Alright, so uh, go on ahead and roll. Here we go. <laughs> I got an eight. An eight? All right. So uh, so as you get to that clearing, you notice that the, uh, you notice the Koma-O standing right out of, uh, right in the blind spot to where the others would be, or entering into the clearing. And your hard choice is... You can either let them know and draw uh, draw the Komo's attention, or you can keep quiet and uh, make a sneak attack on the Komo, which would add a plus one to the next kick-ass roll. You know what? We'll, we'll go for a sneak attack. Alright. So... The rest of you, well, not necessarily the rest of you, since Daisy and the Mightyena are leading the pack, 
Uh, they walk into the clearing. Uh, the Komo'o very, very quickly slams its fist into the largest Mightyena, which flies off and crashes into a tree. It just oh, no. falls down. Dog abuse. Oh, no. You can see the fact that a very fast fist no. just appeared and bopped the Mightyena out of sight very quickly. Alright, so one of my things is cryptid sighting. You can t you take note of any reports of strange creatures. Whenever you see uh, first see a new type of creature, you may immediately ask one of the investigating mystery questions. Alright, uh, go on ahead and uh, ask one of those questions. questions. Let's see. Um, I'm going to go with what is being concealed here. What's being concealed here? You notice... You notice that Daisy the Tyranitar is still going forward. Heading towards a very, uh, green and brown clutch of eggs. Ah. Fair. Okay, cool. So there's BBs. And one of the eggs is smashed. Oh no. Now, Mike, you have the option or opportunity to do your sneak attack now. Go on ahead and uh roll 2d6 plus tough plus one. Alright. So an even 2d6. Oop. Come on, Mike, you can do an attack. It's an eight. It's an eight? Alright, so that usually means you inflict the harm rating of your weapon, uh, which I assume you're calling out an attack to Terry, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... You, Terry is my weapon. What do you call out? Hmm. Alright, Terry. Surprise him with your fire fang! I kind of expected that. So Terry runs up, and uh, his mouth is just smoking. See, you can see a little bit of embers coming from the inside of its mouth. And he just clamps down on the back of this Komo's neck. Oh, dang. Komo whips its head around and goes to punch you. But you're behind uh, that cluster of rocks, so it punches the cluster of rocks that you're hiding behind. You still oh, it just broke right through the rocks. Oh yeah, it smashed the rocks just straight up, and it still hits you. I could, I could see the rock shattering and my eyes widen as the fifth flies towards me. Yeah, so it's, uh, its fist connects with your chest, and you don't fly backwards like that Mightyena did, but you do take two harm. 
and you feel like something broke. Oh, my scandal. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Terry is still clamped down <laughs> on the back of this coma O. Can I go and investigate those eggs? Are you going to try and move closer to it, to them? Yeah, but sort of roundabout, through a roundabout move. Alright, so roll to investigate a mystery. 2d6 plus sharp. That's... Okay, okay, sharp is plus two. That's a seven. Seven. I rolled a five. Uh, you can ask one of the following questions in the, the hunter agenda worksheet. Um, what I actually want to know is basically from Reed a bad, a bad situation, what's the best way in, I guess? But because I, what I was trying to do is, because investigate a mystery gives me stuff about the creature. Well, you're trying to... Although I guess I could ask, like, what sort of creature is it about the eggs? Okay, yeah. I want, I want to know if they're homos, uh, comos eggs or uh, daisy's eggs. You can see daisy kind of grieving the loss of one of her eggs as you're walking closer and she notices you walking and starts to get a little defensive of of the nest it appears that they're her eggs and the coma o uh tried to well uh, the coma o just kind of pushed her out of that clearing out of her territory by you know, right. more or less trying to break a tree over her head. You can see one of the horns on her, her head is broken off. Aww. Poor Daisy. Uh, if anyone else had anything they wanted, uh, more than welcome to. Uh, um, uh, um, can I command Sneasel to attack the, uh, Komo'o? Yeah, you're, uh, go on ahead and call your attack and roll to kick ass. 2d6 plus tough. It'll be like, Sneasel, use Icy Wind or something, I don't know. Ooh, ten. Alright, so you... You command Sneasel to use Icy Wind, and uh, you do manage to inflict harm on the Komo'o, which is weak to ice, so uh, you can choose to inflict terrible harm, or suffer less harm, or force them where you want them, or gain the advantage. Hmm. The choice is yours. Well, anyway, uh, the additional things that you can do, uh, Atlas, are listed in the Hunter Agenda under uh, under the On a 10 okay. Plus section. I think... Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, do the gain the advantage thing to give plus one to another Hunter. All right. 
so uh, how how do you do that? Uh, well, uh, Sneasel blows his icy wind onto Komodo, and uh, it kind of, I, I guess it kind of freezes up the joints a little bit, so it's a bit harder to move, so they have an easier time hitting him. Alright, and uh, we'll say that this does three harm, so the Komo is currently at five harm, and it's starting to look a little rough. Now, uh, Gideon, was there anything that you wanted to do? I think seeing this opportunity that this this creature has wrought you know, so much harm on the ecosystem of this place, He's, he knows that it needs to be taken down. So seeing that it's been frozen up, it's been attacked a few times, he's going to run up. He's going to pull pull Honage to his um, to his hand, hold it over his head, and just kind of throw it at um, Kamo and yell, uh, uh, Bono, use Fury Cutter. All right, do you have a move when it comes to attacking? I'm assuming... Uh, let me see. Uh, tools matter. When I use my signature weapon, which is Honage, I get a plus one to kick some ass. Alright, so uh, yeah, I, I thought that was the case. Go on ahead and do your uh, your kick some ass roll. Tough. Plus another one. And I believe you get an additional one because of uh, Atlas. Okay, oh, that's right. Um, so that's the total. Let's see, five, six, seven. And that's 11 total. 11 total. So uh, on the Hunter agenda, there's a list, a list of extra effects on a 10 plus. Go on ahead and choose one of those. I'm going to give plus one, I'm gonna gain the advantage. I'll give plus one forward to another Hunter. Um, Feeling like you know we we have it kind of cornered now, so um, his 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 focus is on keeping this thing um, divided between all of them and keeping it like focused against the so it can't escape. After your uh, after Bono the Honage uses Fury Cutter, Komo grabs onto the handle for Bono, swings it at. Uh, Sneasel and let's go of Bono and the two of them fly back and just uh, they both slam into each respective trainer don't worry Bono doesn't cause any cutting damage to you Gideon <laughs> uh, he lands handle first directly into your gut and uh you're gonna take you're gonna take one harm because of that atlas uh sneasel kind of scratches your arm uh as as it passes by you from being thrown and you're gonna take a harm from that and now it's uh now it's whoever wants to go next. Which I... <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, what Would it be Mike's, go, uh, Mike's turn next? Alright, I will go. 
Oh, three harm messy. So uh, with Fury Cutter, since fighting does resist bug, I believe it's gonna do. It's it's gonna cut that in half, round it up, so it's gonna do two. Yeah. And uh, there is a there's a large gash on the Komo's chest, and a couple scales just fall off. Alright, now, uh, Mike, what are you doing? Alright, uh, so I don't have my cover anymore, and the Como is looking damaged. Uh, let's see, is there anyone nearby the Como? Well, everyone's nearby the Como. Including... Like, just, like, right by it? Yeah, at this point, they've all surrounded it. Alrighty. Hmm. And you do still have Terry... Latched onto the back of Komo's neck. Hmm. I'm trying to think here. I gotta look at Torakat's moves again. Oop. While Terry is gnawing down on the back of him, I'm going to tell him to do a double kick All right. right against his spine. So you have, uh, you're going to have plus two on this. So go on ahead and roll, t uh, roll tough plus two. All right. Do, do, do. So that'd be a plus one. Shazam. Seven. Seven. All right, so Terry goes to kick, and uh, Koma O reaches behind its uh, reaches behind its neck, grabs Terry, flings him off, which angers Terry, and he starts running towards this coma -o. and as he's running he's getting bigger and bigger and instead of a double kick it does uh, it does darkest lariat oh and as it throws this coma -o into a tree you hear incineroar what yo what Hell yeah! Oh damn! Terry! You're small! Yo. <laughs> and the snow crashes into a nearby tree. Breaks through the tree. Breaks through the next tree. <laughs> Breaks through the next tree. Oh yeah! Crashes into the side of the mountain. And it just falls to the ground defeated. Oh, and wow. uh Tony is dead. Long live Terry the Tiger. <laughs> and well, we're gonna we're gonna like have the camera zoom out while you guys are calling for uh for pickup. And uh we'll uh, as we're zooming out we see a helicopter starting to circle. 
in the area. And then the screen's going to fade to black. And then we're going to fade back in at that same uh, that same briefing room with a very tired-looking Meowth. And he's just looking at you guys. His eyes are super red. He's like, you guys did amazingly. <laughs> I got the fuck out. Sir, are you ready for tomorrow's drug test? He starts looking around and saying, Oh, I'm clean. <laughs> A shadow looms over the meowth. As I slowly approach. I'm clean. I was just holding it for a friend, you know. I hope you liked your treat. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, he, he notices that there's another box propped up by a stick with more catnip and he just looks at you, Mike, and says, No. <laughs> and he turns and he walks back out of the Damn. room. Finally gonna kick that habit, sir. It with all the other cats. In credits roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I imagine Atlas like bonks heads with, with Mulan this nasal like uh, don't do drugs okay <laughs> <laughs> and you hear don't worry I won't do any more today Hey guys, it's Sky here. You've made it this far, and I am quite grateful. So, this is one of the first uh, mid arc, like one shot mini campaign type things that we're doing. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. This one ties into the main story, but the other ones won't so much. Also, I had something else I was going to say, and I forgot. I'm tired. Yeah.
Oh, right. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not following us on Twitter, feel free to do so because soon we'll be announcing our first giveaway. Also, you should definitely join our Discord. The link to both of them is going to be in our show notes. The Discord server is like people having fun, being goofy, weird, giving like abnormal Pokemon type suggestions, fun stuff like that. And of course, I want to thank you guys. You guys have been listening this long and I really appreciate it. And uh, I was planning on keeping this short and sweet, but looks like I didn't. Uh, After this, it's not going to be bloopers. It's going to be... So Monster of the Week has this thing where, like, like, after each session, where you go over a few questions to give experience. So... Feel free to listen to that, but don't feel like you have to. It's all a bunch of numbers stuff. That said, thank you for listening this far. And uh, here's to more episodes. See y'all later. That was wonderful. All right, so, how, how was it? Wonderful. That was so good. That was awesome. Yeah. I got GM by Scott! Woo! Fun. <laughs> Alright, so there's a end of session experience thing. Because there's a chance <laughs> that you guys are going to have more road. Hell yeah. Uh, so... If any of these are yes, you can mark uh, for questions one or two, you can mark uh, one experience if the answer is yes. If three and four are a yes, you mark two points of experience. So first question is, did they conclude the yeah. current mystery? Yeah. There's also the the uh portal throwing 
uh, what was it? Geodude. Geodude, yeah. Oh, uh, that's not the current mystery. That's going to be an ongoing one. So uh, that's a yes. Did they save someone from certain death or worse? Oh, yeah. We saved the eggs. Yeah, we saved the eggs. Yeah, and, and you saved the mighty Anna. Even though one of oh, them yeah. got one of them got <laughs> no. Don't worry, kids. He's fine. Yay! He's just, he's, he's just sleeping. <laughs> All right. So that's two yeses. Uh, did we learn something new? <laughs> I mean, there is a dude throwing rocks that turn into portals. Exist. We don't really know what that's all about. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I, that can work. And Daisy is there and she has eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last one is, did we learn something new? Oh, I'd say yes, because I don't think, I don't think you guys knew before that was Pokemon Psychic. Uh, it's cutting out. Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> it's cutting so out the actual session. Atlas's thing. Oh, oh yeah, the, the superpowers. The yeah, I don't think you guys knew that beforehand. I mean, I'm a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> True. <worst> information. <laughs> All right, so that's actually Mike four yeses. You guys get a six experience. That's a full level. Okay. Oh, so yeah. next one, you guys will be at least level two. Whoa. Nice. Cool. So I guess Die we on. just keep the same right. uh, exper experience that we gained throughout the session if we just gained a full level, right? What? Like, well, like we, we gained experience in the session, and then... At the end of the set, we leveled up, so it just cycles back to what it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, I believe the experience points were all over, it's, it's so five, whatever you had left after XP you leveled up, you just gained another level. So it's experience. actually one more than a full level. Alright, so you guys are at least level sure. two now. Alright, I get to pick one improvement. And that's, uh, well, if you guys manage to get enough experience to uh, level up a second time, I don't know how many times you guys failed. But... Uh, hey, hey, Scott. <laughs> sure. Can I, can I ask something? So one of my <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that too. <laughs> gain an ally. <laughs> what? Do I get to catch the mouth the mouth between sessions? <laughs> no. <laughs> the Meowth has a trainer. Oh. <laughs> but you don't know that, so you could try uh, we could say you tried <laughs> I don't think I get that improvement, unfortunately. I, I would have loved to like keep one of the mighty Ennos. Oh, I mean, you, that would be an ally. An ally would be cool. Uh, I mean, so you can probably call for their assistance whenever you need it next. Oh, yeah, we could 
Like, get the yeah. Meowth to help I was thinking about Daisy, actually. It doesn't look like I get that for this well, I, I Daisy might not be helping, but maybe one of the kids wanders off and helps you out. Who knows? Ooh, that we'll would be fun. <laughs> we'll discuss all of that next session. I, I would... I am checking the ally box. <laughs> And it doesn't look like Aww. I have the ally box. <laughs> Rip. That's sad. Oh. The spooky person no get friend. <laughs> I'm gonna take do it yourself surgery. Oh, so you're gonna be able to heal yourself of harm? Uh, and also uh, uh, anyone else then. I got one. It's heal. fine. Got some scratch. All right, so. Oh yeah, I got like three harm. <laughs> At least three. <laughs> yeah, I think Mike's the only one that took a lot of damage. <laughs> Most of it self-inflicted. <laughs> he he evolved though. That was so cool. Yeah, I <laughs> figured that would be a little finishing blow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so now, proud of now you can't pick up Terry. Terry picks you up. Yeah. <laughs> you get to ride on Terry, holy fuck, that's so cool. Terry also has a uniform now. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Terry's gonna be dressed up in military fatigue. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> 